about this song about a neighbor I used to have. I hope he's dead. Hello, friends. Boy, do I have a show for you today. Honestly, couldn't be any more excited. I wish my voice worked properly where it would display emotions such as excitement. But take my word for it, I'm excited. And here's why. We have a very special guest on today's episode. One of my favorite songwriters of all time. One of my favorite rock stars of all time. From Drive-By Truckers, we have Mike Cooley. Those of you that listen to the show, you know I talk about Drive-By Truckers a lot because I love them, because they made an album about Skinnerd, because I stole a lot of, just a lot of their ideas to make this podcast. So Mike Cooley is the perfect guest for this show and was kind enough to come on. I know it's been a while since we've had a new episode. I promise you, I will finish we will do the last season, the last album of Leonard Skinner. One of these days, it'll get done. So I thank you for the patience. But this one, this makes it worth the wait. I got to tell you, I got kind of nervous before this interview. I spent two days writing notes and questions to ask Mike Cooley. And then the day of, I got nervous. I don't care anything about celebrities. But I care a lot about creative people, musicians, songwriters who have made things that are important to me. And I decided at the last minute to toss the notes. So I went free willing, Bob Dylan. How often do you get to talk to one of your favorite songwriters, musicians? I needed to enjoy the moment, forget about the notes, just talk to him. And yes, I did forget to ask a few questions that I actually liked, but I had a lot of fun. And isn't that the most important thing? Mike Cooley made it easy. He was great. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. If you don't know Mike Cooley, listen anyway. You're going to find something to love about him. Towards the end, we talked about some specific songs. If you're not familiar with the songs, you might get a little bit lost, specifically when we're talking about his song, Raymond Cassiano. That's based on historical events. If you're interested, Google Harlan Carter, look on the Wikipedia, you'll at least get the gist of it. I know a lot of you out there will get how important this is to me, your truckers fans as well. A lot of people have written in and said, hey, after the Skinner thing is done, you should should do drive-by truckers, go through their whole catalog. And that'll probably never happen. They've got a lot of songs, plus I just like them too much in a weird way. I don't find anything comical about them. Not that Skinner is comical, but man, eh, you get the point. So I hope you enjoy it. I will be back soon or later. Hey, in the meantime, I've got a new podcast you should check out. It's a monthly podcast I'm doing with my friend Rye from Sabbath Bloody Podcast. This new podcast is called North by South. He's up in Canada. I'm down here in the Southern States of America. Each month, each episode, we have a theme. We each pick a song that we think best represents that theme, present our songs. We talk about them. Boy, do we have some laughs. You guys get to vote on who did a better job, which song was better. There's a lot of audience participation, so we need you over there. Check out North by South Podcast.
Oh, and I guess I should uh, plug my guest. I'm a real professional here. And Mike Cooley needs my help, clearly. Drive-By Truckers, their latest album is called The New OK. They also released The Unraveling earlier in 2020. Two new albums in 2020. So check those out. Just a couple weeks ago, they released an album that's called Mike Cooley, Patterson Hood, and Jason Isbell live at the Shoals Theater. It's a live acoustic show with those three guys taking turns playing songs. Why wouldn't you want to hear that? Truckers are going back on tour early August. They have a lot of dates. They're probably coming to a town near you. Go see them. You will love them. But here it is. Such an honor for me. Turn it up, Mike Cooley. As many shows you guys have done, I think uh, probably over 2,000 shows by now, something like that. Hey, maybe, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's got to take its toll after a while, right? Sure. I mean, you know, we, we've, we've gotten better at it. You know, th- there were times you know, I've gotten burned out for sure and needed to come home for a while. But for the last few years, you know, we've been able to manage it. You know, we, we go out for a certain amount of time, no longer than that, and then we're home for a while. So... We haven't been just, you know, staying out on the road for weeks and weeks in a long, long time. And, you know, 2020 was supposed to be like a, a year of, of a lot of touring that we were actually really looking forward to. So it was it was a gut punch in so many ways, you know. I'm sure. So during the pandemic, though, what, what did you do to fill the time? Um, nothing. I was I was just like miserable of most of the time. Yeah, I was, I was pretty miserable most of the time. Sit around being sad. Yeah, that's what I did. That's a really miserable year. Yeah, I'm, there's no point in trying to spin it any other way. I agree. I agree. You, you did a few. Uh, you and Patterson both did a few of the the live stream shows, and yeah, and I, I watched several of those. They were great. It was it was nice. My wife and I, we'd uh, you know, we'd make a drink and, and turn it up and watch and pretend like the world wasn't awful for an hour and a half. So right. I appreciated that, but I think also, I think you said on one of them that, you know, this probably isn't your preferred way to, to do a concert playing oh God, on a computer. No, 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 not at all. Uh, it was, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad we, you know, if this had to happen, you know, it, at least it happened when we have the, the ways and means uh, to do that cheaply and fairly easily. You know, I, I can't imagine you know, getting through that without it. It was, but at the same time, let's go back to, <laughs> let's yeah. go back to, you know, going to a cool city that I'm not in all the time and sure. somewhere in a house that I'm not in all that day and all the next day and the next week and the next month and, and not knowing how long it's going to be that way. Um, you know, let's never do this again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not knowing the uh, endpoint that made it a lot. Better. Oh, I know that was that was the worst part. It's like I I, I would you know I, I I I would compare it to like you know imagine if you got convicted in a court and they were going to lock you up and you said so how long am I going to be away and they <laughs> said well maybe a few weeks maybe a few months maybe a couple of years we don't know we'll get back to you <laughs> right 
you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like not the, the anxi- yeah, the anxiety level of being incarcerated just went up, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the live stream shows, uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, you, your son played a, a song. Yeah. And he sounded great. Is, is he pursuing a career in music? I hope not. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's going to be my <laughs> but, next question. <laughs> but probably. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. He's, uh, he's really taken to it. Uh, he started, he's, he's been, like I said, in the show, he's been singing for a long time, performing in one form or another, but he started getting into playing guitar and he's gotten really good at it. You know, he plays all the time. Yeah. You, know, you made a joke. I hope not. But honestly, is that something you would recommend him do or would you dissuade him or is it just hey, I, let him I, no I, I don't really he's he's gonna do what he wants just like i was and uh you know he's, he's got his head on pretty straight well it worked out okay for you right yeah so let's talk about uh like i said you released a fair amount of music during this shitty time uh the most recent one it was it last week there was a release called mike cooley patterson hood and jason isbel live at yeah. the Shoals theater and that was from a show, I think, back in 2014. Something where, like that. Yeah, yeah, several years ago. Several years ago. You guys played in the round, taking turns, playing your songs acoustically. Mm-hmm. How did that show come together? What do you remember about that? It was, uh, it, well, it, it was a benefit for an old friend of ours uh, back home, a guy named Terry Pace. He, uh, he had a stroke, and, uh, and we, we all kind of came together and, did it to try to help him out and help him get through that. And, uh, so we hadn't played together in a long, long time at that point. Uh, we came off the road, we finished a tour, uh, this couple of days before that, I pretty much came home and drove to the shoals and, and we, it, you know, it was a, it was a good time. It was, it was good to, to be back doing that, that way again. And, uh, of course, of course, it got recorded because, of course, everything's being recorded now. <laughs> when I'm driving down the road by myself, I'm probably being recorded. And at some point, somebody will ask me if I want to put that out as, as a live record. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we, we ended up in this. Uh, it, we, we ended up in this, you know, unexpected, unfortunate situation of being off and and uh, decided to put it out. And and, I put it out. Yeah, yeah, put it out. Let people. Uh, let people enjoy it, laugh at it, be offended by it, whatever they want to do. You know. Yeah, it's cool. I haven't got my hands on the vinyl yet, but I've listened to some of it digitally. You know, I mean, it's just three great songwriters playing great songs. So, and I'm not the first to observe that it's almost unfair that you had three songwriters of your abilities in one band at one time. It's amazing it it worked out even for as long as it did. Yeah, yeah, it it shouldn't have, and uh, and it did for a couple of you know, but couple of records few records so the last drive by truckers release it's called the new okay and you got a song called sarah's flame on it i want to talk about that song i have to admit i think i read an article or something about it before i heard it i knew that you had written a song about sarah palin yeah honestly my, my first thought was well this might not be the most timely song we ever get from mike cooley but of course once i listened to it understood the point that Sarah Palin kind of laid the foundation for what Trump later did. Well, then she, she didn't get any credit for it. So I, I, I was trying to write that wrong. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> sure. Just looking out for her. I mean, <laughs> what a, how much of a boys club do you have to be, you know? But of course, you know, uh, before her, there was Phyllis Schaffley. Um, 
you know, the, uh, the, the, all of their original trolls were women. And, uh, of course, Rush Limbaugh and Trump get all the credit. Well, that's one of the things I love about the song is because you have the, uh, the line, uh, something, you know, all Fat Donnie had to do was wear the pants. It just yeah. took a, a man to come along. But, uh, yeah, I, I was watching, uh, <laughs> you know, and it, all those months of, of everybody trying to figure out what's going on. And they were, they were talking about it like, uh, well, this guy, you know, he, he figured out something. He, stu- he tapped into something. I was like, was I dreaming eight years ago when I saw Sarah Palin getting the same applause from the same audience with the same material? You know, yeah, it, it was the same thing. She became the star of the show. Uh, right. It completely. Took, it took a man and, and someone, I guess, that, that yeah. people already knew he was a celebrity and to come in with the, the same message. Yeah. yeah, she didn't have the uh, staying power, the star power, the ability to sustain it uh, quite like he did, you know. But, I mean, by the time he came along, they weren't even putting her on Fox News anymore. And she had been news. relegated. Yeah, she would, She had been relegated to the to the – to the hall of ridiculousness. And then they were celebrating a guy doing the same thing, <laughs> making him their King. Yeah. <laughs> What's a girl got to do? You What's know? A girl gotta do? <laughs> You'll look credit. <laughs> Sarah memorized every bumper stick on the back of every pickup. One of the things that I appreciate about your songs and, and Patterson's as well is that, you know, you've always seemed to show some sympathy for characters who maybe were doing low down, dirty things, or specifically with you, it seems like your ire is reserved more for the politicians versus the, the common working class person who might be manipulated by the messages of the politicians. I try. Yeah. Uh, they, they've they've tested my resolve in the last in the last few years. So, yeah, I, I, I'm a little I'm a little more irritated with the common man than I used to be. I tell you. <laughs> so once again, you anticipated my next question, which is, yeah, is that getting harder to do? I, my family and I, we just came back from a, a beach vacation. I live around Nashville. We went down to Florida. Yeah. So most of the trip is driving through Alabama, and my my family's from Alabama. I'm very familiar with Alabama. Tennessee's not really any different. But it was, you know, on the way down, there was a huge pickup truck with two of those really big flags on the back. Mm-hmm. One of them said, fuck Joe Biden. The other yeah. one said, Trump will be back. Uh, I get get to the beach. There's one of these big, you know, right on the beach mansion. And they have a, yeah. a banner stretching from the third floor all the way to the bottom that says Trump won. Yeah. And then I drive well, on the way back home uh, on 65 North somewhere north of, of Prattville, there's the biggest Confederate flag I've ever seen. Yeah. And there's a big sign that says, um, you know, it's, it's private property, but you can see it from the interstate. And it says this property owned by the, the sons of Confederate veterans to which right. my wife yeah. immediately said, well, no, it's not. They're all dead. But anyway, in this stuff, it's not foreign to me 
in Tennessee, but it was just kind of mm-hmm. interesting on this long trip. Yeah. I, I made that same trip uh, d- down to the coast uh, in March and also last August. And I know exactly the, the what you're talking about is, you know, you, you get off the interstate and all of a sudden, you know, you're there and every house, you know, has, you know, the still has the Trump flag. Um, but I was, uh, I was down, uh, in Destin, I think, and all these boats, you know, but I saw one that had two big Trump flags. It was a scarab. If you don't know what that is, that's about a million dollar boat. Oh, wow. It was, it's the uh, ocean going speed boats. They were pretty popular in Miami vice back in those days, back in the eighties. That was, that was, uh, I think that's what Don Johnson's character drove was a okay. scarab. And, uh, you know, of course I'm thinking yeah, economic anxiety, my ass <laughs> and, and which I've, that's been, that's been my take on the whole thing since, since day one was yeah. Economic anxiety. <laughs> Give me a break. I've, I've lived in this part of the world my, my whole life. I know where this is coming from. Yeah. I'm, just because I don't bark doesn't mean I don't hear the whistle. <laughs> right. You know, I speak the language. But I have that struggle between blaming the people who are, they have a reason to be angry. The government has let them down in, in many ways over and over and over again. Yeah. But they're lashing out in the wrong way. And But, you know, somebody like Sarah Palin or Trump comes along and can can use the worst parts of them to manipulate them to vote against their own self-interest. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's always it's never been for that crowd. It's uh, I've always called bullshit on talk of small government, limited government, free market solutions, magic fairy god market trickle down stuff. I've watched those crowds all these years. You know, they applaud when they talk about that stuff. You know, those traditional conservative things. They they applaud like an audience at an Eagles concert does when they say we're going to do one off the knee record. <laughs> you know, they'll be patient for a few minutes, but you better get around to you better get around to the hits. Yeah, and they were always there for the red knee. And and what these people do is they just throw a cinder block through the butcher shop window and say, "Have at it." They don't they don't even bore them with talk of limited government or conservatism or, uh, you know, they, they you know, they, they just give them what they want, which is anger, resentment, somebody to blame. Um, and you and the wrong people to blame. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. You're and and and, you know, and replacement theory, which is right at the core of all of this, of of, of seeing uh, the uh, believing that the rights of of non-whites are outpacing those of whites. That's what it's all about, whether they admit it or not. Yeah, I completely agree. So I got to ask you, my dad grew up in the Muscle Shoals area and my grandparents lived there until uh, a few years ago when they died. And so I spent a lot of time going down there uh, as a kid and, and much later. You grew up in that area as well, right? Yeah. And uh, I remember being a pretty young kid and my dad or my uncle drove me by a famed studio and they said, this is where the Stones recorded Brown Sugar and Wild Horses. And I remember thinking, he must think I'm a fucking idiot. There's no way that happened here in this little (laughs) 
town that looks like nothing. And to yeah. me at that time, you know, rock stars were still, it might as well have been aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you, do you remember when you began to grasp or understand the significance of the musical history of that area where you grew up? I was well into adulthood. Um, really? it, it was years after all that had happened. Nobody really it wasn't something they talked about. It wasn't something they advertised. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think that's part of what made it attractive to a lot of these people uh, was they could come there and be nobody. Uh, they, you know, they, they came for the for, 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 for the for the studio. They came for the sound. They came for the musicians that played on those records for sure. Sure. But I think a, a big part of the draw was uh, it's this tiny little dry county where nothing happens. And uh, even the Rolling Stones that were at the, you know, they were huge, huge. They were, you know, they didn't really get recognized. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I mean, you you could go there and be nobody. Which would be appealing. I mean, yeah, you can play in a yeah. great studio, get a great sound and be left alone for once in your life. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that was it. Actually, it wasn't fame. It was this, uh, it was the original Muscle Show Muscle sound. Show sound. Yeah, not far from there, but yeah, yeah, that, that that's where the Stones uh, did those couple of songs, and oh, right, right, yeah, that's right. See, I knew I, I shouldn't have believed my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> well, this steer me—it's close. It's close, close enough. Close. It's close enough. The fame was where the Osmonds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that's one of that, that was the only one of the only acts I remember being kind of a big deal, kind of advertised. Okay. Were yeah, were, were were the Osmonds? Is it because they're more whole, more wholesome? You think? Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, I saw uh, the Schultz Fest was announced maybe yesterday, and uh, day two looks like a drive by truckers reunion show. You got Jason Isbell. You guys are playing. Yeah, Centromatic. You've got Farmer Jason. Maybe not as connected to you guys, but from Jason the Scorchers. Well, I love Jason and the Scorchers back in the eighties. How great was today, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love them. But that's a hell of a lineup. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's going to be fun. You know, they're uh, it, it's amazing to me growing up there and and having moved away in like ninety one. Even then, I mean, you know, nothing like that would have ever happened there. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing. <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing. Was a part of it the the documentary that came out about Muscle Shoals that got people interested I, again? I I think it was uh, may, maybe Chicken or the Egg. Um, yeah, I, I I think the documentary definitely uh, boosted the popularity, but I think I think it was already happening, and that kind of led to the documentary too. I uh, I, I know uh, in in the past when people would ask you where you were from. Mm-hmm. You would probably say Florence okay. more often than not, because that was the largest city. <clears throat> and that would be the one that people outside of there would have most likely heard of. But since that documentary's come out, people say Muscle Shoals. Muscle Shoals. Yeah. Yeah. My, so my dad is from Leeton, Alabama. And one of the. Yeah. One of my, the grand, I, my grandfather, my grandfather's family's from Leeton. Is that right? I'm yeah. I'm sure they, our families knew each other. And that was one of the ways I knew um, you guys, Drive-By Truckers, were my band was when I. I heard on Southern Rock Opera, um, Plastic Flowers on the Highway, and Patterson mentions Leeton. And yeah. I thought, man, I've never in my life met anybody and told them my family's from Leeton, Alabama, 
and had, yeah. they had any idea what I was talking about. <laughs> right. It's yeah, just no, barely on the map. So <laughs> like, yeah, these are my guys. Yeah. I, I actually grew up just down the road from there. Not far. Tuscombe is just next Tuscombe. door. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Skinner a little bit. This is a Skinner podcast. Yeah. Uh, and obviously you guys made a, an album called Southern Rock Opera almost 20 years ago now, I think. Yeah. It's a little longer now. I think. Is that, is that right? And that was, that was your breakthrough album essentially. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Uh, it uh, we we put it together. We came up with the idea for it, recorded it, uh, put it out ourselves, and it got picked up on Lost Highway, and it became the record that most everybody says it was the first one they got turned on to. It's, it was the one that kind of put us on the radar. And it's funny you wouldn't think a, a double album that's at least loosely about Leonard Skinner. It's it's called a Southern rock opera. You wouldn't think that would be the one, right? Oh, no. Uh, well, that, that was kind of the point. We, we had this idea that if we just did it this way, that the absurdity alone would, would make it work for us, would make it happen. And it's probably the first and last time in my life I've ever been right about anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really, maybe anything at all, but anything on that level. Well, it's, it's funny to me because my, my brother, my uncle, they were into it and into you guys before I was. And they said, yeah, you got to check these guys out, Southern Rock Opera. And I just thought it, this was during a time where I, I thought Leonard Skinner wasn't that cool. And yeah. uh, it, the whole thing sounded kind of like, I don't know, this might not be for me. And it took me years to listen to it. And of course, I love it. And now I'm doing a podcast about Leonard Skinner. And <laughs> So, you know, the, the themes of it are in many ways, you know, it, it's about, okay, let's separate the, the music, the songs from the stories everyone knows. Let's try to take back this band from the Confederate flag waving fans that, and even maybe the, the version of the band these days that kind of has tainted the legacy, I think. So I realized at some point I just completely ripped off all the themes of your album, Southern Rock Opera. So I, I'm sorry about that. Please don't no. sue me. Um, we, we, I'm sure we ripped it off from somebody. <laughs> but that's, that, that's what I call songwriting, is sitting down to figure out who I'm going to rip off next. Sure. There's nothing new, right? No, never. Did Leonard Skinner ever listen to Southern Rock Opera, or did you ever hear any feedback from them about the album? Um had a long conversation with Artemis Pye. <laughs> oh, I bet you <laughs> one did. You night. can talk. Oh, God. Uh, wh one night after outside the uh, Orange Peel in Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina, apparently he was living up there around that time. He loved it. He thought it was, he, he thought somebody had finally just gotten it. And uh, I think uh, some of the other guys said, wow, that's really weird. Um, <laughs> I think that was Gary's reaction which I, I appreciate that. I think he got it. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, since then, more of them have passed away and gone on. There were actually uh, quite a few original members still alive and in the band at the time we put that out. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. If you had to ask me who would be the member of Leonard Skinner that would appreciate and enjoy Southern rock opera the most, I would definitely have guessed Artemis Pyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we opened some shows for them after that record came out. Oh, really? 
Yeah, yeah, uh, several actually. What was that like? Yeah, it was uh, it was it was interesting. It was. Uh, uh, I, I remember uh, one night uh, I happened to walk by in the backstage area, and the uh, the head of security was like doing the security briefing, telling everybody he was going to work security. And I, I was I, I walked by and I and I started walking a little slower so I could overhear a little more. And I remember him saying, uh, "I don't know how many of you have worked a Leonard Skinner show. Um, it's a pretty good crowd there, but they tend to do a little drinking before they get here, and then do a lot more after they get here. But you know, so just keep that in mind." And it, <laughs> it was, well, <laughs> that's something you're probably used to being in drive-by truckers. I yeah, think your, yeah, your audience does a little drinking as well. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, we, we we hold the record for bar sales in several venues, <laughs> and that. yeah, so yeah, we 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 opened several shows for them. It was, and their, their crowd was nice. They, I don't know how how much uh, how familiar their crowd may have been with us or the record uh, or anything, because you know when when you're when you're the opening act in those kinds of shows, it's. Uh, you know, you're, it, it, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle because people are still coming in when sure. the opener's on, you know, they're not, they're, they're not even really there yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting to me because I think in a lot of ways you guys have a lot in common with Leonard Skinner, but at the same time, you're almost polar opposites and especially, you know, mm-hmm. the latter day Skinner, they're palling around with Kid Rock who I've decided is my, personal nemesis, even though he doesn't know who I am. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Charlie Daniels before he died. So, you know, this very, very different end of the political spectrum. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. And, and you guys have, to me, always been a political band. Maybe in the past it was more the messages were conveyed through stories. And yeah. now maybe it's a little more direct and upfront. But I got to ask you because, you know, people see I've got a Skinner podcast. And I said in the first episode that, this isn't for a certain kind of fan of Skinner. You're probably not going to like this. And even me with my little dumb podcast, I made some people angry. Sure. So I would assume you guys must have experienced quite a bit of pushback with your political views. Some here and there, um, you know, it, it really, it became more, uh, uh, vitriolic, I guess, when we started actually talking about it in the press. Uh, when, when, you know, when we put out uh, American Band and said, yeah, this is a political record. It's coming from this. It's coming from this point of view and, and came right out and said it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, I, I think in the past when it was, like you said, more uh, the political stuff was more woven into the to the story. And we didn't really talk about it as much. People didn't notice it as much. It's fascinating to me being just a music fan, a music nerd, and not a a real musician. But I've noticed a lot of other music fans, guys who love it and could tell you anything about music. A lot of people just don't pay attention to lyrics. And that's, that's always one of my main things. But a lot of people just don't listen. So I can see where if you're not talking about it in interviews, it would just... Right it's, of- it's 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 something you have to most people who write about music when you do interviews don't pay attention to anything but the lyrics uh, yeah 
but the fans and the people who listen to it pay almost no attention to the lyrics. So you're, you're, you're walking this little, little dance all the time, you know, cause uh-huh. people who write about it, obviously they're writers. So that's, you know, they uh, it, words. yeah, it's, it, it's like, could we talk about what this sounds like for a minute? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's but, not uh, the concern. And, and very often I, I myself, you know, uh, it, it, it I, I don't always understand i can't always pick up on lyrics when i just listen to a song i've noticed um, in in this year of of what streaming a lot of television shows i finally started turning on subtitles mm-hmm. and uh, partly because i can't hear anything very well and i i, I found that you 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 enjoy it more uh, <laughs> uh you uh, i read an article the other day some they had done some group had done some research where they had two different test groups watch the same stuff, one with one without subtitles. And regardless of hearing loss or, or, or hearing sensitivity, the people who watched with subtitles retained more, enjoyed it more, got more out of it. But what I'm getting at in all this is when there were, when their songs playing in the soundtrack, the lyrics to the songs come up and I realized, man, I really don't suck. they they flash across it's like that's really stupid (laughs) yeah it's like an afterthought yeah like you know man i i come away kind of feeling better i I think you should should. okay so you know some of them are pretty good you know but for the most part it's like it's like did you really write that down and come back to it the next day and commit yourself to it (laughs) my god yeah, it's just a series of cliches. It feels like it's the first thing that pops into yeah. their minds. Okay, so when you write a song, then is it do you do lyrics first or music first or? Yes. Either way. <laughs> yeah. Either way. Do you force yourself to sit down and write when you don't necessarily feel like it, or is it more so when inspiration strikes? A little of both. That's a little of both there too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I have to make myself like usually if there's a if I've got something and I and I feel like it's a pretty good idea, there are days where I have to make myself go farther, mm-hmm. take this and go a little farther. If it's terrible, it's terrible, but don't get up, don't leave this room until you take it farther. <laughs> Figure out <laughs> what know? it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so easy to to just not do it. Sure. Do you are usually working on multiple songs at one time? Sometimes. So I meant to tell you this at the top, but if you you're out of time at any point and you just want to split, just say, hey, I'm done with this shit. And uh, I'll edit that out. So you sound (laughs) you don't sound rude. Uh, Yeah. But if you got a little more time, what I would love to do, because, you know, with this podcast, like I said, we kind of do a deep dive into into each Skinnerd song. And I would love to do a a little bit of that with some of your songs. You've written many of my favorite songs of all time. So if you're up for it, uh, I would love to go through a few songs and you can say pass or you can say what you remember about writing the song or what you like about it or hate about it now or whatever thought comes into your head. Yeah, sure. Okay, so let's start with um, what to me would be the most Skinner specific song that you wrote for Southern rock opera. A lot of Patterson's songs are specifically about Skinner on that album, but 
yours aren't as much, but yeah. your song, uh, shut up and get on the plane. It sort of echoes the, uh, the supposed quote that Ronnie said to Cassie Gaines and when she was afraid to get on this piece of shit plane. Yeah. So that song, how did that one, how'd you come to write that one? It was that story. Yeah. It, it was just, uh, it, it was just taking that part of the story and turning it into a song and, and, uh, you know, I, and it's, it's, it's come to mean different things over the years. Um, cause you know, this was the, this was coming from someone who was still a very young man. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I've always considered Ronnie, you know, probably an old soul. Uh, he was, he's, he was definitely somewhat wise beyond his years, but he was still not even 30 yet. Yeah. And of course you feel that way. You know, as I got older and got a little distance, I was like, I wouldn't have got on that piece of shit plane, you know, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. in the, the the last year or so, there was a lot of that. Well, when it's your time to die, it's your time to die. I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to get vaccinated. And, and it's like, eh, no, no, you have some control over your destiny. OK, let's. <laughs> Yeah, you let's, get older, get, let's be for real. You have kids, people <laughs> yeah. that depend on you. It doesn't seem as cool to just throw caution to the wind and yeah. possibly end up dead. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you it's it's a it's a fine it it, it, it it's a fine thing to throw out there. Um, you know, because yeah, obviously, no, no guts, no glory. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, you got to take chances. You got to take risks. Um, but you know what's being said in that song and who said it and where, where I was when I wrote it and where I am now, it's, it, it gives you something to come back to rethink every now and then. There's certainly some truth to it as you live your day-to-day life, but you know, let's be, let's be reasonable. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to pick a fight with the biggest guy in the room. You know, it's, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes out, time to go. do you still how do you feel about skinner these days do you uh do you ever listen to them or uh not a lot um I, a few years ago i i listened to uh nothing fancy mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed it because that, that that, it's very underrated and it's it's not chock full of hits like some of the, it's, it's got some of the stuff that's not played to death, you You're know, worn out on it. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, there's, there's about six or seven Zeppelin songs. I don't care if I ever hear again, because Same. I can Same. go turn on the radio right now and, and they're on there, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I said this to my wife on the way back from the beach, Led Zeppelin has to be the most played band on the radio of all time. I'd, I'd, I would say Eagles and foreigner Eagles are probably, or probably, uh, beyond Led Zeppelin in terms of just being played to death. That was quick. You've thought about Boston. Boston's up there too. I just feel like anytime you're anywhere, you can, there will be a classic rock radio station and they are playing a whole lot of love Mm -hmm. or, but you're right. Those other bands you hear constantly too. Yeah. And of course the, the, the Eagles are able to bounce from uh, classic rock 
to easy listening to oldies to you know they're 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 they're, they are walmart you know when it comes to (laughs) there's little something for everybody nothing spectacular (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah low prices (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, do you think it's what you came for (laughs) i know you and i are probably more into music than than most people but do you really think your average person wants to hear a whole lot of love on the radio for the billionth time versus maybe hearing a Zeppelin song that, you know, is great that they haven't heard before? I don't know. Um, the appeal of familiarity is, I mean, you know, there are smarter people who work in behavioral science that can break that down for you and what person out there it's, and it is, it's, uh, it's in, it's in fashion, food, politics, um, is there's a, there are certain personality types and it's very common to be drawn to familiarity, find comfort in familiarity and radio programmers have been exploiting that for a long, long time. So yeah, they would probably like to, but they probably sell more ads, giving them something familiar. I'm sure they know better than me. I guess everybody wants yeah. to be safe and comfortable, but it, yeah. Right. It makes it hard to listen to the radio. Yeah. Okay, so another song of yours I love is called Pulaski from Go-Go Boots. And this is actually another song where someone might die in the end, like shut up and get on the plane. Yeah. But uh, it's about a woman who maybe didn't have the best experiences with the men in Alabama. She goes out to California, and that doesn't go well either. Was that – I know some of your songs are – are based on true stories. Is this one based on a true story or? No, not at all. Um, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, maybe loosely on a few different people, but no, it just, uh, it, it just kind of popped out. Mm -hmm. It was just uh, my attempt at writing that kind of song. Well, good ideas always start with a full glass and just breathing here can make a girl's nose filled up with eyeballs as the policemen clear out the street for a line of cars with their headlights burning driving slow through Pulaski Tennessee what let me ask you about um Raymond Cassiano because yeah I love that song I heard it and I had never I knew nothing about that story I didn't either. And since I wrote that song, I'm hearing that story popping up everywhere and I'm not getting any credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking like, how is there not a documentary about this story? It's an amazing story. It's very relevant to everything. That's if, you've happening seen, uh, if you've seen, if you've seen the, uh, uh, it's a, the Netflix documentary series called amend mm-hmm. about the 14th amendment, they kind of tell that whole story. And one of those installments. And again, uh, I didn't, I'm not in the soundtrack. What the hell? No, it's it's it, it, it's it, it's a it's a well it's a well done series, and that's that's one of the few things that I've seen kind of tell that or most of that whole story. Um, it, but uh, 
so it, it's just worth checking out. But no, I had no idea. I was kind of going after something else, something kind of down a different path. And I came across that story and that was what I wanted to say. I just didn't know it yet. You'll have to check out that documentary because I mean, it's, yeah, that story is pretty significant, I think, and people should know it and you need to get some residuals or something from Netflix. Oh, I, I was I was proud of the song. I was, you know, it, it, when I wrote it, I, I, I felt like I felt like I, you know, that's that's really what it comes down to. Did you say what you wanted to say? And yeah, I did. So it, did, did it include everything you wanted to say? Yeah, it does. So I'm happy with it. But, uh, but yeah, that uh, what I was kind of uh, looking at and going at going for. And you, you see more of this now than, than you did even then were. Uh, these uh, political players that, you know, put on their, put on their sunglasses and their flak jackets and get in the SUVs and go right around down at the border. Like they're, you know, patrolling the border. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I heard some politician from Arizona talking about that a few days ago. Um, He was like, man, governors and gubernatorial candidates in Arizona have been doing this for decades of getting their border toughness credentials with the voters. And, but now there's just enough of a Hispanic population in middle America where everybody's jumping on the bandwagon, but it's always been a thing down here. Uh, And I I go to the, I, I I like go to a gym or just a, and I, I needed to go somewhere besides my house every day or so. And, you know, they have the TVs up and you have the, you know, the, the, your cable news every morning at about eight thirty central Fox news switches to crisis at the border, no matter what else is going on. <laughs> Breaking news. You, you can set your watch by wow. their crisis at the border. The same way I used to be able to set my watch to the radio station playing you're so vain by Carly Simon at every job I ever had in Florence. Oh uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be with that kind of regularity so that's kind of what I was trying to go for uh, was this uh, obsession with whatever it is that's coming across the border to kill you. <laughs> yeah, and that uh, fear. To yeah, your votes. Uh, and so and and I, ironically, um, you know, the 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 transformation of the NRA into a a right-wing political operation has its origin in border patrol and border fear and the actual murder of a Mexican teenager. It's it's almost too perfect. I know, I know. Let me ask you about uh, another one of my favorites, and it's an older one, Uncle Frank. I love that song. I really love the version on the the B-Sides record, a fine print with the guitar yeah. wide open. 
And I think that, I think I heard you say that is based on a, a true story about someone in your family. This is a song that's about uh, the impact of TVA, Tennessee Valley Authority coming to, to Alabama. It's about the impact of industry and uh, told, you know, about one, one man. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it, it was, it was, I don't, I don't know how true it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things you have to, it, it was, it was definitely being, it, it was, it was an actual person and all this stuff I think did happen, but it was definitely coming from an agenda driven point of view. I often think that that's, that song is one that may have led some fans to believe that we were more on a right leaning footing politically than, than we really were because it has almost an anti-government. Oh, I see. Um, Big, you know, TVA is a big government operation that ruined this man's life. I see. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't have looked at it that way, but yeah, I see. yeah, I, I've often thought that uh, that that might have been what uh, led people to feel like they were being a little betrayed by one of their own. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, you you guys speak with an accent, and you're from a certain part of the country, and you, you drink and play rock songs, so. That's probably enough for some people to That's think enough. of that yeah. and just say, these are my guys, even if right. yeah. I'm really not listening to what the message <laughs> messages are. Yeah. too long but i am gonna do a couple more because this is uh this is the best what about you got a song called eyes like glue and this song to me there's a lot of songs about being a parent and a lot of my love but they tend to be about uh, i've got this perfect baby and i'm gonna be a perfect parent and everything's gonna be wonderful forever and i love you so much and of course i'm a dad and i've felt that way before but this song is is a more realistic approach, and to me, it makes it much more touching or moving. How did you write that one? I don't. That's been a long time. I was kind of going through a period of having a hard time writing stuff, and uh, you know, the kids were all still really young, and I came up with that. I, I think the the chord progression thing first. And which is a little unusual. I, you know, I, I don't play a lot of major sevens. Um, that's not really a rock and roll thing. <laughs> and uh, that one's full of them. So maybe I was yeah. just trying to do that for the fun of it. And the, and the, but the song just, it came to me and uh, it just, it just, it just appeared. Yeah. 
Is that, does that happen often or is it usually more of a struggle? It's, uh, you know, uh, it's usually more of a struggle. <laughs> okay. I want to know that you struggle like the rest of us because you're, you're this acclaimed, you know, respected songwriter. And uh, I want it to be difficult for you, Mike, because. It, 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 it's incredibly difficult. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly difficult. <laughs> okay, good. I, I I remember every bad idea I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I I forget the uh, I'll, I'll get if I get on stage right now I'll forget the words to the songs I do play, and I remember every terrible one I ever came up with. Nobody ever told me half the things I'm telling you. Even if they had, I'd have had the same look that you do. Sometimes you think it and you wanna hear it said out loud. If no one else does, then it's up to you to shout it out. You want to do it all, and you'll believe you can. But when the best that you can do becomes all you can stand, you'll know you're just a man when you feel all the weight pressed down. Next time you're watching me, remember that's all I am now. All right, last song I'm going to ask you about, uh, Space City, off uh, Blessing and a Curse. I believe that song is about a, a, maybe your grandmother, a grandmother, uh, grandma yeah. dying. And what is interesting to me is it's not about just how that made you feel, but it's written from the perspective of the granddad, mm -hmm. maybe how he feels. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I, I was I was actually, you know, watching him deal with it mm -hmm. and being a man of his generation, um, not comfortable with uh, vulnerability. Yeah, and that was the song. <laughs> Down here's ever gonna be 
Somewhere beyond that big white light is where my heart is gone. Somewhere she's wandering, it's taking me so long. All right, on a much different note, before I let you go, I have an 11 year old daughter. She's a fan of the truckers. And she wanted to make sure that I asked you a question from her. Okay. So the question is, do you have a dog? I have two dogs. All right. What are their names? They're both girls. One is one is Ronan. One is Zelda. And uh, Ronan is a German Shepherd Husky mix. Zelda is some kind of retriever. Uh, we got her at a shelter last May. So she's my, she's my COVID dog, COVID dog. and uh, <laughs> she's going to go nuts when I start going back on the road. So we became really, we became real, we became best buds. And uh, of course I was the one saying, no, 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 we don't need another dog. I don't want another dog. Mm -hmm. And now who takes her for several walks a week? And it, it's me. Of course. But yeah, those are my dogs. I have, uh, have, have one cat. So <laughs> two dogs and one cat. Yeah. I have to say, if you didn't have a dog, I would be disappointed. It just seems, <laughs> seems like you should have a dog. So I'm glad oh, to yeah, hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like dogs. Dogs like me. So, well, there you go. Yeah. Man, I, I couldn't appreciate any more of you doing this. I could talk to you for hours, and, uh, but I won't. I'll let you go. But it means a lot to me. I, I have one gripe. You guys are coming to the Ryman Auditorium October 4th, which is my 13 year old's. Uh, birthday she's turning 14 that day so i oh, probably wow. can't make it uh yeah so next time you guys are scheduling shows if you'll just check in with my calendar it would be much <laughs> okay <easier>. sure <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to i'll try to catch you guys soon you, your music means a ton to me and to a lot of my family members so hope you know that we uh we cool. really appreciate what you do well thanks thanks for doing this man all right see you later on thanks a lot really appreciate it See you again.